Information presented on this program and by its guests is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information and may not be suitable for members of the listening audience. A professional advisor, attorney, or tax professional should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Are you retired or getting close? Welcome to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom you need to live your dream retirement. Are there challenges on the way? You bet. Inflation, the economy, and the ups and downs of today's markets will try to rob you of your dreams. But take heart and take notes, because what you're about to learn will put you on the winning side of life for the rest of your life. Now, here's the host of Retirement Lifestyles, Patrick McNally. Hello, everybody. Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. This is the show where it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement. Now, if you're already retired or you are getting close and you've been sacrificing, you've been saving into those retirement accounts like your IRAs, your 401ks, 403bs, this is the show for you. You came to the right place because I'm here to talk about money. That's right. Specifically, I'm going to talk about how do you generate an income from your investments in retirement. I believe that is the most important thing you got to plan for. But I'm also going to teach you about all six of the core areas of financial planning, like insurance, budgeting, how to pick the investments, retirement planning, saving on taxes, and how to leave a legacy through state planning. And what I do each, each month is I rotate these topics. And over time, you're going to learn how to build an amazing plan for your personal retirement. But again, the most important thing that I hope I'm going to teach you is how to create an income stream that's predictable, safe, and can even increase every year no matter what that pesky stock market does. What better kind of income is there, you guys, than tax-free income? So I want to teach you also how to achieve what I call tax freedom in retirement so that basically you don't have to worry about when Uncle Sam comes in, starts changing all the rules and coming for your retirement savings just because he can't balance his own checkbook or afford all of those unfunded promises that we hear about. Most people would agree that taxes really only have one way to go in the future, and that is up. That's right. So learning how to control future taxation is a key ingredient to a successful retirement plan. Now, if you're just uh, joining me for the first time on the show, I am the owner of Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment firm specializing in retirement income strategies. And we help people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been doing this for over 22 years now, helping people just like you plan for retirement. Heck, I've been talking about it on the radio for over 12. What I have found talking to thousands of retirees across the nation is this. They worry about retirement. They worry about income, health care, inflation, the market, taxes. Does any of that sound familiar? Are you worried about any of those things? Maybe multiple of those things? If so, I want you to hear this. It is normal. You are not alone. You are not off on some island all by yourself thinking, I'm the only one that this affects. No, no. But I want to also tell you this. 
you can control those fears. The best way to do it is with a plan. So I'm going to help you build it. I'm going to help guide you through this giant puzzle-like maze we call retirement. All right, you guys, we are wrapping up the month of May 2023. The topic of the month has been retirement goals and values. And today I'm going to go into values and legacy. And the next I'm going to go into my mailbag segment, which is always fun, and then right into IRA FAQs. And then I'll wrap up the show with action items and some stuff you can implement right away. Also want to mention my website, patrickmcnally.com, because if you want a free copy of my book or to schedule a free 30-minute strategy call, that's where you want to go. Go during the break or after the show, patrickmcnally.com. You can do all of that. All right, let's get this show going. It is time to refill that coffee, grab your pen and notepad, and I'll be back in one minute. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, pardon the quick interruption. I'll get back to the show in just a minute. But I want to give you the opportunity to get a free copy of my book, Retirement Planning 101, a simple guide to navigating retirement. It's eight chapters packed with tips and strategies on how to prepare for an awesome retirement. I go through investments, estate planning, social security, and more. Simply visit patrickmcnally.com and request a copy. That website again is patrickmcnally.com. Throughout the book, I'm going to explain the importance of planning ahead and focusing on income strategies that are going to set you up for success and lead you to a retirement lifestyle of abundance. I'll also be teaching you about the Retirement Lifestyles Income Plan, my custom financial planning process and investment strategy with the objective of providing inflation-adjusted income for life. This book is packed with all kinds of strategies, and you can get your free copy right now at patrickmcnally.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, guys, welcome to the show. If you're just joining me, this is Retirement Lifestyles. I'm your host, Patrick McNally. And we are uh, wrapping up the month of May. The uh, topic of the month has been retirement goals and values. We've talked about mindsets. We've talked about planning. We've talked about all kinds of great stuff. And today, the main focus of the show is values and legacy. And uh, more specifically, talking about legacy planning and what is that. And so we are going to launch right in here. And um, legacy planning, you know, let me begin with this. A friend of mine, a colleague in, in my business here, you know, once said, if you own something and you love someone, what is your plan to pass it to them in the most tax advantageous way? And that stuck with me. I think I heard that 15, 16 years ago. And that stuck with me. Because there's a lot of talk um, when I meet with potential clients, even with current clients, when we talk about some of the legacy stuff. But there's a lot of talk about, you know, when, when we hear legacy planning or estate planning, one of the, usually a, a quick comment comes up and it goes like this. Oh, you know what? My kids will just get what they get what's left over. 
And I totally understand that and agree to it, to be honest with you. But at the end of the day, legacy planning and estate planning is more than just money. You know, I, I haven't, I've been doing this for over 22 years and I have had clients pass away and none of them ever passed away with, you know, they spent down to the last dollar in their bank account and then passed away. No, it doesn't happen that way. There's always something that's going to be passed on. So again, if you love somebody and you own something, what's the best way to pass that on to them, um, you know, in the most tax advantageous way? So I want to walk through this today. I want to talk about what is legacy planning, and I want to give you five ways, um, the five best ways to preserve and grow inheritance as you pass this on to your to your heirs. And so let's just kind of jump in here. Legacy planning, I guess we should just define that. It's really the act of preparing how you're going to leave behind your property and your assets to your loved ones after you die. So basically it's become, you know, basically a synonym of estate planning. And I think the reason that it's kind of gone to legacy is maybe it's because the word estate planning kind of like evokes death or something like that. Um, you know, or maybe even because the word estate is kind of associated like with the wealthy. You're going to leave an estate behind. Well, you know, today if you, you know, if you own a house, you own something over $100,000, uh, it's, it's going to go through probate. So you, that's your estate. So you definitely want to make sure that you've got some planning done here. But the whole thing with legacy is it centers around planning the transfer of wealth. Your, what you saved for, what you sacrificed, what you worked for, and passing that on to the people that you love, your heirs. And depending on the size of your estate, it could be really simple or it could be really complex. But I don't want you to just think of legacy planning as, oh, I'm just going to leave my kids a whole bunch of money, kind of like I said before. No, that's, it's, it's more than the money. It's, it's about not burdening them with a, a humongous tax burden, let's say. A lot of kids don't know what to do with money when they inherit it. I've seen this happen far too many times. And the reason I've seen it, it's not from our clients because we do this planning for them. But when I've seen it is when the kids call me up after they've inherited the money. And a lot of times it's, it's most often too late to do anything. They've inherited a retirement account. They cashed it in. And now they're calling me freaking out because they got a huge tax bill in the mail. And they're going to end up paying 50% of their inheritance to taxes when some simple planning could have avoided that. So it's honestly about not just, you know, passing on something to your heirs. They're going to get it one way or the other. But instead of passing them a burden, passing them a blessing and teaching them how to receive that blessing and continue to use it you know, either in ways that you wanted them to use it or at least using it, you know, in such a way that it's not going to, it's not going to hurt them. And a lot of times that can be done through trusts, you know, because sometimes people need a little help without, um, you know, they need a little extra help through the law, <laughs> a little control from the grave, if you will. And that's where trusts can come into play. Um, if you've got, you know, a, a couple of kids and one of them just can't manage money, 
that's where trust can come into play so that you can help them not be uh, not hurt themselves when they accumulate or inherit some of this money you know so there's there's it comes down to this why is legacy planning important and whether you call it estate planning or legacy planning doesn't matter it's transferring your money to somebody else so just dealing with the probate process alone when you don't do estate planning and it goes through probate it's basically a lawsuit against yourself it takes months sometimes years um, it costs a lot of money that just comes out of your estate that could stay with your heirs and so you want to use trust to avoid that probate process altogether and so whatever kind of strategy that you employ, it's smart to typically work with financial professionals, estate planning attorneys, tax professionals um, to help you prepare. Um, obviously, estate planning attorneys are the ones who can help you prepare documents like wills and trusts. Um, but legacy planning itself can really become more of a holistic process. So it's typically smart to talk to your financial advisor or at least put a, a meeting together that can include your attorney, your advisor, your tax person. So remember, you're remember you employ all of these people. So if you're going to call a powwow and quarterback this thing, I think that's a great thing to do. I tend to do this for my clients so they don't have to. When they because usually they'll come to me and they've already got some relationships with somebody who prepares their taxes. If they've already completed a trust in a will, um, and the attorney is still in town. You know, we, we use those people. We call on them and say, hey, you know, you, you did this a while ago. We just want to make sure it's up to date. And at the end of the day, it's passing those things on, minimizing what goes to taxes. And, you know, a, a sound legacy plan is built with the help of your professionals. And so you want to call on these people to help you to do that. So how do you start the process of legacy planning? And if I can just speak broadly to this topic, the first step in any legacy process is to gather information. You're going to want to have a list of all of your assets, where they're kept, how much they are, you know, a brief description of each of them. And that includes everything from investment accounts to real estate to insurance policies. You're going to want to think through a lot of answers to several questions, you know, like, do you want to leave your property and other assets to somebody specific? Do you have multiple kids? Do you want to split it up evenly? Um, you know, do you have three kids, but you need to exclude one? Whatever that looks like. You got to think through some of these things. And also remembering that you can make adjustments and changes along the way. If you need to go back and amend something or go back and add someone to your planning, you can do that. You know, are you interested in donating anything to a charity? Do you have any specific preferences regarding your medical care? So these are health care directives that you wanted to to uh, to record and make sure people know. I think it's super important to do that. Um, I used to use the the uh, the story of, of Terry Schiavo. And um, I used to use that a lot, but I've been doing this for over 22 years now. So sometimes people haven't heard of Terry Schiavo. But if you've heard of Terry Schiavo, you'll recall back in the 90s when when she was put on life support and there was this battle that ensued because nobody, you know, really knew what she wanted, but they kind of remember her telling them what they wanted. For example, her husband said she wanted to do something that differed from what her parents said she wanted to do. So they couldn't agree. And then the doctors under, you know, pressure to make decisions and so forth. And if there's not something written out, um, it went on for months and was a nightmare for the family. And if they just had a, a simple 
written advanced healthcare directive would have solved those problems. So having a rough idea of these things at the start of the process is going to help streamline things when it happens down the road. So next, you're going to want to speak with you know, an expert. Everybody wants different things out of their life and their legacy. So no two plans are ever exactly the same. Everybody's got their own situations you know, and dreams and goals. And, um, and also, depending on you know, where you're listening to this, I've got, I've got clients all over the U.S. Depending on what state you live in and what district, there's different laws and tax rules. And so you want to definitely speak to, um, if you're going to hire an estate planning attorney, someone that's in your state. Um, if you move out of state, you want to have your trust and your wills updated to reflect the current laws of, of where you live. And so it's really important to get uh, professional help to do that. And the bottom line is that, here's the deal, you, you've worked hard to build what you have. You've sacrificed. Um, so you should enjoy it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. You should enjoy it. And you don't even necessarily have to like carve off a specific amount to leave behind. Some people choose to do that. Most of my clients don't. You know, when we do planning through our through our x-ray process, we show you three different rates of return when it comes to your income planning and your investments themselves. So I'm kind of so I'm going to kind of do a little uh, what do you call it? Just a little segue here real quick and then I'll get back to estate planning. But when we do planning for income, we're going to show you what you got to earn on your money to basically run out when you're 95 years old. We're going to show you what you have to earn on your money in order in order to preserve what you started with. And that's oftentimes referred to as the as the uh, preserve your principal, spend the interest kind of a plan. And that's usually where po- most people live. But I also have a third number that I show people, and it's called the legacy amount. Because some people say, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to know what would I have to earn on my investments. You know, not take away what I'm getting in income. I want to live my lifestyle. I've told you, you know, we've inputted exactly what they want, you know, shown, you know, what the taxes are going to look like, all of that. So not changing any of that, what would we have to earn on the money in order to leave behind a specific dollar amount? And so we can show that. So that all becomes part of the plan, you know, holistically looking at it and say, if you earn somewhere between, you know, whatever, 2% to 4%, you know, you can do this. And so it just gives you a view that really can give some clarity. And it it doesn't mean you got to leave that specific amount behind, but it kind of gives you in the back of your mind, like, you know, you're going, that could be kind of cool to leave that behind. Even if I don't, you know, as long as it doesn't affect my retirement now and me having fun, um, it's kind of kind of cool to, to be able to, to see that. So what I want to do next, guys, I want to give you really kind of five ways to help your heirs preserve and grow their inheritance and, and really kind of help you. And I guess it's just segues right into step number one which is having the the uncomfortable conversation. Open communication about your estate plan can be one of the best ways to prepare your heirs to receive their inheritance one day, you know, to preserve what you worked so hard to earn. You know, there, there needs to be some respect on their part to know that you worked hard for this and that you do want to pass it on to them someday. They're going to get something, um, but they need to expect it. There needs to be some communication about that. And obviously talking about financial matters and about your future passing can be an uncomfortable conversation. It's not the funnest one to have. And especially if you're not used to that, talking about finances openly with your family 
you know, I grew up in a family household where it was very common. We, you know, over the dinner table, we talked about money. We talked about dying. We talked about that stuff. Um, so that's just the family that I grew up in. My wife did not. It was not talked about whatsoever. That was private. You didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Um, I disagree with that. I think you need to talk about it with family, especially the ones that stand to inherit this someday. I think it's a great conversation to have. So even though it's uncomfortable, it's probably time to schedule the family meeting and talk about you know, what the plans are. It helps to frame the conversation. Think of it as a win-win situation. You're going to get the opportunity to share with you know your heirs, your kids, your grandkids, your values surrounding money, uh, your hopes for how they'll continue to use it, to steward it later, to preserve it, to grow it. You know, to continue to, you know, grow this tree that you planted 50 years ago. You know, this money, this, this, uh, the stuff that you've accumulated, your house, your wealth. You know, it's an opportunity to learn how to make smart financial decisions so that they can continue to benefit uh, from their inheritance in meaningful ways. Like I said before, a lot of kids, they just, they don't know how to manage money. And I, you know, I could go on a tirade about our, our school's education system and lack of, you know, financial planning, helping our kids learn that stuff. But honestly, I think it really begins in the home. Can't blame the school system for everything. So I really do think it, it, it belongs in the home and it is a way to, to continue, you know, to teach our kids at an early age the importance of money and how to build and create wealth. Um, so having that conversation, that's the first and foremost what you need to to do. Stop avoiding those uncomfortable talks. Number two, remember that your legacy is about more than money. As you plan this, as you plan your estate, don't just focus on the numbers. You know, the disposition of your assets, that's important. You know, but also remember that you can be passing on not only money, but experience, life lessons, values. And this is why a lot of people, I think, refer, prefer the term legacy planning over estate planning. It encompasses the full legacy, not just the money. You know what I'm saying? When you speak with your kids, your heirs, about their future inheritance, it's often best to approach the conversation from a value standpoint. Rather than just sharing specific financial numbers and breaking out the statements and being like, okay, one of these days you're going to get half a million dollars. You know, you don't need to do that. You know, I want you to focus on passing on some of those important lessons like saving, investing, charitable giving, preserving and growing the wealth. Um, you know, you can get into the numbers a little bit if you want to, obviously, but but you're passing on those types of lessons, the, the really important stuff, like how to preserve it. Um, if you've got difficult fi- you know, family dynamics, sometimes it can be a really hard conversation to have. Um, but there, there again, at the end of the day, if, if you've got some of those difficult dynamics, this could be the most important time to have that conversation. Because any conflicts, you know, that might emerge, you know, it, it, they may only get worse or, you know, be exacerbated if they come to light after you pass when you're no longer there to mediate or, you know, provide some context to a decision that you wrote down, but you didn't discuss it. And maybe it slighted somebody. I don't, you know, I don't know. If you got more than one kid, not all of them are going to be happy. You can't make everybody happy. But while you're still here, you can plan ahead and make sure that they understand where you're at today. And it's your decision. And that's what it is. Step three is to discuss the emotional impact of the inheritance. 
there's been some studies that have shown two of life's most consequential transitions are losing someone we love and experiencing a sudden financial windfall. And inheritance combines both of those. So as an heir, experiencing that financial windfall at some, you know, at the exact same moment that they've suffered one of the most emotional losses in their life, you know, that reason alone is why you want to discuss this with your heirs, that idea, you know, even uh, of a waiting period during which they make no major financial decisions. I tell this to, to clients all the time when a spouse passes away and I get that dreaded phone call that says, you know, my husband passed away. Oh, I don't like those phone calls, but I get them and that's what happens. And, and I, you know, one of the main parts of the conversation is let's not make any major financial decisions. Let's put a time frame, 30 days before we start making big decisions and let you grieve appropriately because that can definitely help get through that process. Number four, put safeguards in place. Kind of a delicate subject, but it's common to have concerns about your heirs mismanaging the inheritance. Wills and trusts can be designed to do that. You can help, you know, encourage that maybe by turning certain ages throughout their lifetime, that's when they're going to get a little bit at a time so that their inheritance doesn't crush them. And then number five is formalizing that conversation. You know, your initial planning conversation with your heirs, likely to take place hopefully in a comfortable and formal surrounding, can also be an important step to process those discussions. So you can do that by inviting you know, even your estate planning turning into the conversation, you know, maybe doing a Zoom call or something like that, allowing them to explain how probate works, answer any legal questions that the heirs might have. And that can help, you know, that can go a long way with making sure everybody's on the same page and just helps build a really good relationship as well. And so these things, these five steps can really help everybody be more comfortable. And, you know, it's not uncommon to find it difficult to, be, to have those conversations but at the same time, it's, uh, it's a great way to help facilitate conversation and make sure that the people that you love and that are close to you and will be receiving this someday, um, they understand what your values are and what it is that you wanted to accomplish. So guys, that is, uh, that's my, my talk there. And when we come back, I'm going to be heading into the old mailbag, having some fun there, as well as IRA frequently asked questions. So don't go anywhere. I'll be back in about two minutes. You're listening to Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally. You've heard me say it's all about having the health, wealth, and freedoms you need to live your dream retirement. When it comes to the health side, I want to tell you about my family's personal chiropractor, Dr. Todd Royce, owner of Chiropractic First. Not only does he adjust us and get us back to our active lives, he teaches us about ongoing nutrition and living healthier. If you have any pain or stiffness in your back or neck, I want you to call Chiropractic First today at 243-0889. Mention Patrick for a free consultation. You don't need to live with pain or discomfort anymore. Call Dr. Todd at 243-0889 or visit online at CairoFirst.net. Did you know that when I'm not here doing the show, I run Retirement Lifestyles Advisors, an independent registered investment advisory firm specializing in retirement income planning and managing investments for people who are currently retired or are getting close. I've been in financial services for over 22 years now and hosted this show for over 10. With a little bit of good planning, you can have peace of mind and a great retirement, and I'd love to help. If you would like to get more information or to learn about how you can work with us, visit PatrickMcNally.com. That's Patrick. McNally.com. Are you worried about the current U.S. economy, inflation, the pandemic? Then it's time to schedule a free retirement checkup call with Patrick. 
The world is changing every day, and your life savings is too important to be at risk. If you want to feel confident and secure in retirement, then simply visit TalkToPatrick.com and reserve a free checkup call on his calendar. Remember the website, TalkToPatrick.com. Don't wait. This is too important. TalkToPatrick.com. The number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement is healthcare-related costs. So fitness needs to be a part of your financial planning. Check out my gym, Strong City Strength and Conditioning, right down on Victor Avenue. They have a new group class called Longevity on Tuesdays and Thursdays, designed for people age 55 and better. If you want to have fun and get fit, then visit StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. That's StrongCitySTRENGTHANDCONDITIONING.COM. Mention the show and get your first week for free. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Hey everybody, Patrick McNally here, your favorite financial advisor. I want to welcome you back to the show. This is Retirement Lifestyles. If you're just joining me, thank you for listening. Um, and this uh, depends on when you're listening. If you're listening on Saturday morning, you're catching the live show on the air radio in Northern California. If you're listening to the podcast, well, I'm not sure when you're catching it, but thank you. Um, if you don't know about the podcast, want to steer you towards iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Google, all the major podcast uh, players out there. You can find the show Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally and follow us. You'll find a bunch of our old shows there and you can catch up. But right now, we are headed into uh, one of my favorite segments of the show, our mailbag and IRA frequently asked questions. And um, my mailbag segment is where I take questions either from you, the listening audience. A lot of times I'll go on Facebook and and go through some of the, the groups that I'm a part of there. They, they've got great questions, comments, stuff going on there. Um, and I know the past couple shows here, um, I have drawn from my Facebook groups. They've just been uh, saying some good stuff. I can't help it. Got to talk about it. But today I'm actually going to answer a question that I got through the website. And if you didn't know that you could ask questions through the website, I want to encourage you to do it. I want you to visit patrickmcnally.com. And what you do when you're on there is you look at the very top and it says podcast. And you click on that podcast, it'll not only show you, you know, our last few shows where you can listen to them on the website, but if you scroll down below that, there's a little spot that says questions or comments for Patrick. And you just put in your name, email, and your question and submit that. And um, I would be happy to answer your questions on, uh, from, from online. So I got one here and that's what I'm going to do today for my mailbag segment. And the question says this, Patrick, I've heard you say on your show that you help your clients get income from their investments that can increase every year without worrying about the market. Yes, I do. Um, is that only when the market goes up? I need income, but my account is still down from last year. And I'm nervous to sell when it's down. Please clarify. Thanks. Hey, thank you for the question. Um, I don't give names out over the air. But if uh, you're listening to this and you know you sent that question in, um, thank you for taking the time to send it in. And great, great question. Yeah, if you've heard this show before, you hear me talk about not only is retirement lifestyle is all about having the health, wealth, and freedom to live your dream retirement, but... What our main job here um, in, in being a retirement income specialist is when we build a plan for our clients, we want to build, we want to help you build an income stream that's predictable, consistent, and can increase every year 
no matter what the market does. How do we do that? That's a great question. Um, so what I decided to do is kind of walk you through the planning that I do um, for the bulk of our clients, 99.999% of them, and just kind of give you a little um, a little preview of how we do it. And I, I do want to say this, though. This is my disclaimer. Some of the things I'll talk about, um, obviously, when it's a live show, some things, sometimes things come out, and uh, I can't help it. But I want here's my disclaimer. Don't just run out and do some of the things that I talk about. This show is not intended to give you any investment advice, nor recommendations, or anything like that. Um, I give some ideas, but then you want to take those ideas and potentially talk to your advisors, uh, your, your tax people, your friends, family, whoever you get advice from. But please certainly don't just run out. It would be uh, it would be kind of foolish to do that. You want to make sure that it's appropriate for your situation. Okay, there's my disclaimer out of the way. When I when we walk through planning with our clients, we do what's called the RLA X-ray. And much like a doctor, we take an X-ray of where our potential client is coming in. They say we want to do this and we want this much income and we're retiring in what six months. And we're concerned about this, worried about that. Um, are we going to have enough or do I, am I, you know, being crazy and I need to work for five more years? Those are a lot of the questions that we get. And so when we do our planning, we, we take an x-ray of your specific situation right then and there and what it is that you want to do. Much like a doctor, if you, you were hurting on the inside, you didn't know what was going on, you didn't quite know what, you know, questions to ask or you needed to know what's going on, a doctor is going to take an x-ray and see if something's broken, if something needs to be fixed. Or sometimes it's just gas, you know, it'll pass. But we do the same thing with investments. And when we walk through the x-ray, we put in all the numbers, the data, the income that you're looking to get, the investments that you have, all the income streams, your social security, if you got a pension, maybe rental properties, whatever, whatever income streams you have versus the income that you want to live the lifestyle that you want in retirement, that's going to usually produce what's called an income gap. And what I mean by that is if you've got Social Securities and other incomes coming in, let's say it's $4,000 a month, but you tell me you want $8,000 a month of income to live the lifestyle that you want, to travel and have fun and do all those things, well, there's a $4,000 gap. Call it forty-eight dollars a year, I'll round up. It's $50,000 a year that you need to pull from your investments in order to reach the lifestyle that you want. And so that money is going to come from somewhere. Guess where? That's right. It's going to come from your savings, your IRAs. Um, you know, when you stop working, you roll over your 401k or whatever retirement account that you have. You put it into an IRA. Maybe you got some Roth IRA. Maybe you got a trust account, some individual accounts, all those savings accounts. You've got this bucket of money to draw from. And the trick at that point is how much can we pull from those investments each year? without running out of money. That's income planning. That's what we specialize in. So we find that number. And when we take you through this process, we look at this, and I, I break this down into three different rates of return because I want to show you, if if you're going to pull out 50 grand a year from your investments, and whatever, if you got a million dollars in investments or you got 250 grand in investments, if you got to get 50 grand a year out for your lifestyle, I want you to know how much you have to earn on your money each and every year in order to, number one, not run out. 
I call that the preservation rate. And that's usually where most people live when we do our planning because I got, I got three rates of returns. The first one's called retirement rate. Retirement rates when you come in and say, Patrick, we just want to basically plan to we're 95 years old to run out of money. Okay, we can do that. Never happens that way. People always pass away with money left behind. But sometimes they just want to know what that looks like. The second is the preservation rate, like I said. And you can think of this as the spend your interest, preserve your principal planning. That's exactly what this is. It's what do we got to earn on our money to live the lifestyle we want to basically end our lives with the same amount of money that we started with. There you go. And then our third rate of return, which if you listen to the first segment, dealt perfectly with with kind of what I'm going into right now, is if you want to leave a legacy behind, how do you do that? And what do you got to earn on your money in order to do it? So this all ties back to this question of how can I pull income from my investments? I'm nervous. The market's going down. But Patrick, you say that you can pull money from the investments and it can even increase every year no matter what the market's doing. That's because I use a dividend portfolio. I don't like using mutual funds. I don't like using bonds. I don't like using ETFs. I don't like using the 4% rule. If you've ever heard that, if you haven't, write that down and Google it. You'll get 4 billion results, the 4% rule. It's simply this. As long as you don't sell more than 4% of your portfolio portfolio each year based on the past market, you should be okay. Okay, that that's kind of a really simplified way to plan. But unfortunately, 99% of financial advisors out there, that's how they plan. And it's basically just because that's what they were taught. They don't know enough about the markets to go, maybe that's not the best plan for a retiree is to sell investments in order to get income out, which is exactly what you're doing. If you picture all the money that you have in one giant basket or one giant pie, let's say, and you can call it what you want, 60-40 blend, you know, whatever. If you want to get, you know, fancy, call it that. But it's just a big old pie of all your stuff. You got to, in order to get income out, what do you, if you want to slice a pie, how do you get the pie out? You got to cut it out, right? You got to cut off a slice and you pull it out and then you eat it. Same thing with your investments, except we call that selling your investments. It's just like slicing out a piece of pie. That's what happens. It doesn't matter when you do it. It doesn't matter if the market's up. It doesn't matter if the market's down. If you need income to live on, in this case, 50 grand a year, well, yeah. At the beginning of 2022 last year, you didn't know what the market was going to do. You didn't know it was going to go down over 19%, but you need 50 grand out. You know that much because that's what you pay your bills with, and that's what you live your lifestyle with. And at the end of the year, you go, crap. I had to pull out 50 grand on top of my market losses. So think about that. If you're pulling out 4%, but the market goes down 19, well, you're not down 19. You're down 23. So you have to make up that much more just to break even. So that's the next piece. That's the next piece in this, this, this discussion. Once you sell or once you cut out a portion of that pie, now you got to get it back. Well, what's the only way to, how, how's the only way you can get that portfolio back? There's only one way. The market has to go up. Now, you might be thinking, well, I just put more money into it. No, 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 no. You're not working anymore, remember? 
You can't contribute to your IRAs. You don't have any earned income. You can't put any more money in there. It's gone. Once you sell it, it's gone. The only way to make it up is with market growth. And you can't control that. I can't control it. No one can control it. Not even the the super-duper gurus on Wall Street or Jim Cramer with mad money. You know, that guy, he can't control it any more than anybody else. No one can control the market. So that's why I don't like using that type of planning for my retired clients. I like to use a dividend portfolio, which is super boring and is nothing new. In fact, it's what built Wall Street. You ever heard of mailbox money? You ever heard that? Did your parents, you know, they get their mailbox money. They're talking about dividends. They're talking about when they bought Coca-Cola 85 years ago and Coke's been paying a dividend for 100 years. Okay, I'm using Coke. I I said I wasn't going to use. Scratch that. Just say company XYZ. I didn't say Coke. So depending on the company, they could be paying dividends for years, but that's what grandpa did. He invested in a company. He never sold the shares, which is why people inherit these shares. But he got mailbox money, and that's dividend income. See, when you own the share of the company itself, you get the benefits of ownership, which is a paycheck. It's a share of the profits. You're an owner of the company. You deserve a share of the profit. So depending on how many shares you own, there's a dividend paid per share. Could be a buck a share. Could be four bucks a share. And if you own a hundred shares at four bucks a share, well, you're getting four hundred dollars a year of income. Well, multiply that by 30 companies or 50 companies or a hundred companies. You get mailbox money coming in. It's based on the amount of shares you own, not on the stock price. So I want that to sink in a little bit. This is how I can tell you. I got a cough. Hold on one sec. <coughs> Excuse me. This is how I can say to people. Your income can go up each year no matter what the market does because guess what's the other thing that happens with dividends? These companies can give you a pay raise. It doesn't mean that you invested more at the company. It doesn't mean that you own more shares. It means that the company came out and said, you know what? We hit our goals. We got more profit. We're going to raise your dividend. Now it's not $4. It's $4 and a quarter. You just got a pay raise and you did nothing. And guess what? A lot of those companies, they give you pay raises And sometimes you scratch your head and say, why are you doing this? Your stock price is down 20%. And they come out and say, hey, we're doing really good. We're going to give you guys a pay raise. Uh, Why would you do that? Basically, so you don't freak out that the shares are down 20% and go sell them. That's it. It's pretty much that simple, guys. That's how you can create a scenario if, let's say you have a dividend portfolio, and I'm not saying go out and do this right now. Talk to your advisors. But let's say you have a dividend portfolio that pays you 4 or 5% a year. Well, there's your 4 to 5% of income without needing to sell pieces of your pie. And that, my friends, is how we can do planning for you and show you how you can get your income that's more predictable, more stable. You're not relying on something you can't control, which is the up and down of the market. Get you some dividend income. It's a good space to be. It's delicious. It's fun. It gives you peace of mind. It gives you clarity in retirement. You know what you own. And by the way, you cannot do that with mutual funds because guess what? You don't own the stock inside of those mutual funds. You just don't. You own a fund that owns a 1,000 stocks. You don't own the stock. You own your 
percentage of the fund, and that's why you can't separate out that dividend. Mutual funds, pay, there's, they own companies that pay dividends. They're usually pretty low, and they're turning over the stuff all the time. That's another topic for another time. Okay, if you got questions about that, would love to hear from you. I'm going to transition really quickly in the time that I have left here, about five minutes. I'm going to tra- transition over to um, IRA Frequently Asked Questions. And we're going to walk through this real quick. And this is uh, titling this, Another Good Reason to Do a Spousal Rollover. So this is very specific, guys, to when, again, and I'm, I guess I've just kind of been, I don't know, the last couple of shows I've talked about like deceased people and inherited IRAs. Maybe, I don't know why I just kind of on that little kick, but but anyway, I, I, I am, and that's those are the tips that are coming out of me this month. So anyway, um, here's another good reason to do spousal rollovers and spousal beneficiaries of IRA accounts, they get to take advantage of certain payout rules that are not available to non-spouse beneficiaries. Who's a non-spouse beneficiary? Your kids, your grandkids, your uncle, your dog. They're all non-spouse beneficiaries. Um, So let me get an example here. So a surviving spouse who remains a beneficiary can defer required distributions until the year her deceased spouse would have turned age 73. Also, when RMDs begin for surviving spouse beneficiaries, the spouse can go back to the IRS single life expectancy table each year and recalculate life expectancy. That's kind of a lot of word stuff there. Kind of nerdy, I know, but hear me here. Surviving spouses, they if, if you remain a beneficiary, you're going to take required distributions. But if you roll it into your own IRA, you might not have to. So how does that work? So instead of remaining a beneficiary, let me take a drink of water here real quick. Instead of remaining a beneficiary, a surviving spouse can roll over inherited funds from their deceased spouse to their own account. And here's the other thing. A spousal rollover can be done at any time. You don't have to be 59 and a half to do it. It can be done at any time. And it often makes sense for a surviving spouse to remain a beneficiary until they turn 59 and a half so that in case they need money from the account, See, if you're a beneficiary of the account not doing a spousal rollover and you take money out, you're not going to be penalized. So that would make sense if you're under the age of 59 and a half. There's no 10% early distribution penalty. You're still going to pay taxes on it, but at least you, you, you avoid the 10% distribution penalty. Now, once you're over 59 and a half, there could be a lot of times when you want to go ahead and do a rollover to get out of the RMDs as well. Because that allows the spouse to be treated as the owner of the rolled over funds. So this permits the spouse to defer RMDs on the rollover dollars until he or she reaches their own required beginning date. Example, April 1st of the year following the date they turn 73. A rollover also allows the spouse to calculate their RMDs by using the uniform lifetime table rather than the single lifetime expectancy table. Um, excuse me, resulting in significantly smaller RMDs. And so a less obvious perk of a spousal rollover is that the IRS treats it as retroactively effective back to January 1st of the year that it's done. I don't know if I want to go into that too much further. It gets a little nerdy. Um, Let me give you an example. So this came up recently in the case of a 57-year-old surviving spouse who, what she did was she elected to remain an IRA beneficiary because she needed access to the funds. So you see what I'm saying? So she wasn't yet 59 and a half. 
husband passed away, was over the age of 59 and a half. So she remained a beneficiary because now she could use that money without being penalized 10%. Get it? If she had rolled that into her own IRA, which she has, and then took money out, she'd be penalized. So we remained, we kept her as a beneficiary. And then what happened, the surviving spouse had been subject to annual RMDs. Um, that was the husband was taking RMDs when he passed away. Now, check this out. The surviving spouse is getting remarried. And it turns out we'll no longer need the funds from that IRA. So now a spousal rollover makes sense. Even though the rollover won't be done until later this year, it's going to be treated as occurring on January 1st. And that allows the spouse to avoid the RMDs on the inherited funds. And she won't need to take RMDs on the rolled over funds until she turns 73, allowing that money to grow. Pretty sweet. Guys, these are the types of things that we do at Retirement Lifestyles Advisors. Some of this planning on IRAs and making sure that you don't blow yours up. If you want more information about that, visit patrickmcnally.com. Reach out to me. Download my book. Schedule a phone call with me on the website. I would love to hear from you. And when I come back, I'm going to give you some action items to implement. So don't go anywhere. Back in two minutes. Don't touch that dial. Patrick will be right back. Hey guys, Dr. Todd Royce from Chiropractic First in downtown Reading. It blows my mind how many people live in pain, but they don't have to. How many people put up with headaches and back pain and can't play golf or pick up their kids or grandkids? We often have permanent solutions to pain where people didn't think it was even possible. Come check us out at our downtown Reading office or call our office at 243-0889 or visit us on the web at chirofirstreading.com. Welcome back to Retirement Lifestyles. Okay, you kids, we made it. It is the end of the show. It's time to wrap this thing up. Another one in the can. It having fun and time flies. So we're in our action item segment. Now, if you're just joining me, um, well, you need to note the time. You need to show up earlier. But I forgive you. I'm going to tell you where you can go. You can catch the show. Go to patrickmcnally.com. That's patrickmcnally.com. Up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button that says Podcast. And this show will be up in the next 20, 30 minutes, and you can catch uh, you can catch the first part of the show. I'm going to wrap it up here with some action items about stuff that we talked about, but that's going to be where you want to go. Now, if you like to listen to podcasts, you can catch my show anytime you want, um, because this is a live radio show, but also we podcast it on iTunes, uh, Google, Amazon, Pandora, Spotify, you name it. All the major podcast platforms, you guys can find the show, so... Just uh, do a search, find Retirement Lifestyles with Patrick McNally, follow the show, and then you'll get alerts when new ones become available. Um, All right, let's break this thing down. We are at the end of the month, and the entire month, the main topics have been retirement goals and values. And we ended the show today on values and legacy, and talking about what type of legacy is it that you want to leave behind for your heirs? And I mentioned, you know, a, a friend of mine, he told me a long time ago, he, he made the statement, you know, if you love somebody and you own something, what is your plan to pass on your estate in the most tax advantageous way? 
You know, it's going to be passed on. There's something going to be left over. I know we jest and joke sometimes and say, you know, I'm going to spend everything down to the last penny. You know, in reality, your heirs are going to inherit something. Kids, grandkids, kids, nieces, nephews, whoever that is, they're going to inherit something. So it's super important to make sure that you've got a plan in place to take care of that. So my number one action item today is is this, and this could be a hard thing to do. I understand that, but it's super important. I want you to make it a priority to schedule a family meeting to discuss your plans. I know that's, that can be hard, that can be intimidating, can be scary, but it's super important, and I'll tell you what, your family will absolutely appreciate it. Trust me, because now they'll be on board with what your wishes are, what it is that you want to accomplish, what your expectations are, and also what their expectations are. You know, if you got multiple kids, you got multiple beneficiaries, heirs, bringing them on board is just a really nice thing to do from the standpoint of one of these days when you do pass on, it's gonna, it, there won't be any question marks. I mean, there'll probably be some question marks, but you know what I'm saying. The, the big stuff will be handled, and what it actually does is it helps reduce or even eliminate uh, fighting. That's the best way I can put it. Disagreements within the family because you've set those expectations up. Document you know, what you're going to be passing on, where it's located, who it's going to. All that stuff is about estate planning. I'm kind of giving a big preview of what I'm going to be talking about all next month, which is going to be estate planning. So you'll definitely want to tune in on the best ways to do that. But I want you, that's priority number one. Schedule that family meeting and have the conversation. Number two, we got into the mailbag segment and I got asked a question, you know, talking about, uh, you know, how you invest, you know, even if the market's going up or down, what's the best way to do that? So my, my action item is this, review your current plan. Are you invested correctly for retirement income? That's the big piece. Retirement income is the number one thing that you have to plan for. In retirement, it's all about the paycheck because you no longer get one anymore. So you got to create it. So you got to make sure you're invested appropriately for retirement income. And it's I can pretty much guarantee it's not the same way you invested when you were putting money into your 401k. So with that said, go to PatrickMcNally.com, click on a phone call with me, schedule that call. I'll answer any questions that you have. Number three action item was talking about spousal rollovers. When a loved one passes, here's my action item. When a loved one passes, especially a spouse, slow down from making big financial decisions and get some advice, okay? Just slow down. Don't make those things when you're emotional. Get some advice. All right, guys, I already previewed next month. We're gonna be talking about estate planning for the entire month. So those are all the shows you're gonna wanna be tuning into to get that advice. With that, I'm going to say, go enjoy the rest of this beautiful day, and I wish you the best in retirement. Have you seen her so 